Hello and welcome to the Yarniacs podcast. This is episode number 204, which we are recording on October 24th, 2019. I'm Gail. And I'm Charlene. And it is hot in Santa Cruz again. <laughs> it's probably 95 degrees at my house today. Really warm. Oh yeah, it's a, at least that it is, definitely. Another heat wave, but this time we're recording where it's much cooler than the last time we it recorded is. in a heat wave. We're yes. at Charlene's house. It's 20 degrees cooler inside, yes, thankfully. Yes, very nice. Very nice. So what are you wearing on this super hot day? All the Like a worsted weight sweater yeah. and a towel and a hat and socks? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> but I have been wearing on chilly mornings, and I wore this past weekend when I was up at my parents' house, I wore my Latitude by Elizabeth Doherty. And that sweater is knit in the Coast yarn from Holstgarn that is 50% cotton, and it's very, very light fingering. So it's a very light, soft sweater, and it felt perfect for the mornings when it was a little chilly. How about you? Have you been wearing anything? I wore my ranunculus oh, was yes, the last hand that I wore, and it was a not quite a chilly evening, but ranunculus I knit with a lace weight and a mohair silk lace weight held doubled, so it's very ethereal and light. Yes. So. I was able to wear it even though it wasn't that chilly and not feel overheated at all. So it just feels like a nice fluffy piece that you're wearing that's not even... I mean, it is warmer. It does provide warmth, but not the way most sweaters do. Yeah, Yeah. it's a very nice layer. So Warmth without bulk. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) So that's what I last wore. Not too exciting. But we also have some announcements that we need... We almost forgot... We are, we call ourselves the worst podcasters ever <laughs> sometimes because we forget our most... I can't believe. We, we right literally before just we started said, recording, we said, when we start, we're going to talk about the knockers retreat. And we almost <laughs> forgot. I looked down at my notes and here it is in giant letters yes, with a giant right swirl around here. it. Knockers. knockers retreat. It is the Northern California Knitting Retreat. That we host for five years running now, along with Barb and Tracy of the Two Knitlet Chicks and a cast and crew of several other people who are part of the managing committee for it. It's a very low-key retreat. We we actually retreat in the truest sense of the word. It's true, yeah. We're away. We relax. There aren't any commitments. We don't have to cook. Sometimes people stay in their pajamas the whole weekend. That's true. It's quite lovely. But if you are returning to the Northern California Knitting Retreat, you should have received by email the informational packet by now. And we are collecting money to hold your space for the retreat and your information sheet, which has all of your personal information (laughs) yes so if you have attended the retreat for the past two years you should have received this if you haven't please contact one of the committee members tracy's the one who usually sends these things out so you can contact her by ravelry or by the two knitlet chicks at gmail email address and her Ravelry name is A Little Posy. Yes. Yes. And then once the returning retreatants have retreatants. the <laughs> opportunity to reserve their space, they have the first right of refusal, basically. We will be opening up the list. We will be opening up a waiting list for the remaining spots. And that won't be, I believe it's not until... November or so. Yeah, something like that. Although November is, is, is right around the it was corner. right around the corner, yeah. so I shouldn't make that sound like it's so far away. But returning retreatants, retreaters, retreatants, I don't know. I don't know. Returning attendees. Attendees, there yes, have the first right of refusal. So knockers will be in April of 
2020, the first weekend this year, because the Easter holiday is the second weekend, which is when we usually hold it. So first weekend this year. Yeah. And that's that's all the information for now. And I have a little announcement. I am traveling to London for work the first week of November, and I happen to be listening to Knitting Vicariously, hosted by Dunder Knit, who is Caroline. And she mentioned the Make Joy event that's in London Sunday, November 3rd, which happens to be the day I arrive in London. <laughs> I arrive at 9 in the morning. The event is from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. And, oh my gosh, shucks, I'm just going to have to go to this lovely knitting event called Make Joy that's at the Baden-Powell House on Sunday, November 3rd. And there are going to be lovely people in the marketplace. I've been perusing their blog that has a highlight of everybody who's going to be in the marketplace. When I saw the wool barn was going to be there, that was the clincher for me because I've always admired the hand-dyed yarns of wool barn. So really looking forward to that. If you are going to be there, please come and say hello. Hopefully I'll be easy to spot long, wavy red hair. I'm, my hair kind of stands out in the crowd. <laughs> so that is the Make Joy event, November 3rd, Baden-Powell House in London. And last episode, episode 203, we announced the Colors of Fall knit-along winners. And I've heard from most of you, but if you haven't listened to that episode, please do, because I still haven't heard from about eight or so people who won prizes. So check it out. Maybe you won a prize. And there we go. We did our announcements. Yay! Yay. <laughs> so what have you been stocking? I've been stocking a couple of things like usual. The first one, well, the first two are fingerless mitts. Oh, really? Yeah, because I have realized, well, my hands have been hurting mm-hmm. recently. And I do have... A little bit of arthritis in a couple of my fingers and back to what I have realized I have realized that my hands definitely feel better when they're warm hmm. so I am going to try to keep them warm this year I know in the past I have made myself mitts and often don't wear them I make them and yeah, I love them around. and then they sit around yeah same. So I do have a couple of pairs that I've made that I've liked, but I also started looking like you do because, of course, I want to make more. <laughs> <laughs> if that if my commitment is to wear them this year, then I have to have lots of them sitting around <laughs> so that I will actually take them with me when I leave the mm-hmm. house. So the first pattern that I looked at is one that I was previously unfamiliar with by Kelly McClure, who is the designer of the Sockhead Slouch hat that is a free pattern on Ravelry. And the Sockhead Slouch currently has 20,000 projects. So it's a very popular pattern. Lots of people have used it. She also designed the Sockhead Cowl, which is also a free pattern on Ravelry with 1,500 projects. Now, the Pioneer Gloves pattern has about 1,100 projects, so also quite popular, and it is a basic ribbed mitt. It's called Pioneer Gloves, but it's really a fingerless mitt, and of course you can make it any length you want, any length for the fingers. But the ribbing is very nice. It comes down the thumb and kind of curves a little bit into the palm. Nani likes this pair of gloves a lot. (laughs) So I'm going to try that. I'm looking for a pattern that'll be a go-to pattern that I can make in several colors. So Pioneer Gloves by Kelly McClure is the first one that I am looking at. The second one I found is... Another free pattern, though it is not available on Ravelry, the Ravelry pattern page directs you, I believe, to the designer's website. And the designer is named Courtney Spainhauer, and the pattern is called the Align Mitts. And 
Similarly, it's another ribbed mitt, different kind of ribbing, also fingering weight. I don't know if I mentioned the other one was fingering weight. This one is also fingering weight. And if I can stop knitting sweaters long enough, I want to make <laughs> both of the, if I can stop myself long enough from knitting sweaters to make something else, I want to make one pair of the Align, one pair of the Pioneer and see which one I like better. I'm laughing because <laughs> I feel the same way lately. If I could just stop knitting on my sweaters, I could actually knit some something other things. Else. But all yes. I want to do is knit my sweaters. Yeah, I am pretty addicted. Yeah, it's an addicting thing right now. It is right now. I don't know what it is. but So that is the Align Mitts by Courtney Spainhauer. I have to tell a funny story about mitts. So my hands have been aching a lot lately. And I bought some compression gloves. Oh, yeah. And that was an idea from Mary, our friend Mary, Knit Admin. And I have been putting this joint cream on and then putting the gloves on at yeah. night. And sometimes I sleep with them yeah. on. <laughs> like the other night, said he grabbed my hand in the night and thought, oh, my gosh, what happened to her hands all of a sudden? <laughs> So maybe warn anyone you might be sleeping with that you have these gloves on before you go to bed. And I still haven't determined if they help or not yet. I think that they probably do. So I'm going to keep trying them. Heat helps my hands. And I will confess to sleeping with fleece mittens sometimes when my hands are really achy. And And does it help? It really helps. Interesting. That's good to know. It really helps. Yeah. At least it helps the arthritis ache mm-hmm. portion of the pain. If I'm just sore from something else, I don't know if it helps that. Yeah. But it does help the arthritis finger. If anybody else has good tips and tricks for sore hands, please pop them in the Ravelry yes. thread for this yes. episode. Yes. And then the last thing that I am stalking is the Ellery pattern by Elizabeth Doherty. She released this maybe almost two weeks ago. I'm not sure. But it's an Aran Waite sweater, which is the only thing about it that gives me pause because I really like the design. But Aran Waite just sounds so heavy. But, you know, I need to give it a try. And I'll probably wear it. I, I have a couple of worsted weight pullovers that I end up, that I wear that I really like. This one, the sample that she knit is knit in an Aran White linen. So that's definitely different than putting on an Aran White wool sweater. Heavier, in my opinion. It would be a... Heavier weight-wise. Yeah, I think so. Yes, on your shoulders. And I think that's part of the design because Mm -hmm. it's supposed to be very flowy. The sweater itself has a circular yoke with texture created with a slip stitch, it says. And it looks really cute it's adorable really really not adorable it's it's feminine and sophisticated i love it yeah it's a pullover it's drapey it's flowy the neckline is nicely not too tight nor too wide the slip stitch pattern shows up really well i definitely want to give it a try i just have to think about yarn I'm not a huge fan of the yarn that she used, which is the Aran White linen from Quince and Company called Kestrel. I know a lot of people love that mm-hmm. yarn, but I agree with your assessment of it. It's just very heavy in terms of weight. A 50 gram ball is only 76 yards. So if you think about a 50 gram ball of a similarly similar weight wool, chances are it's going to be more than 76 a yards. A lot more probably, so, yeah. 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 So we'll see. That is Ellery by Elizabeth Doherty. Well, we can try that on at Stitches. That's true. Yep. That's true. Gail, what are you stocking? So I am stocking hats, strangely enough. We got an email from a local friend of ours who is a knitting friend, and she is doing a hat drive for NAMI, and NAMI is the National Alliance on Mental Illness, and every December they throw a party for people with mental illness here in Santa Cruz County, 
and they're trying to get 110 knit and crochet hats. So I've been stocking hat patterns and it worked out nicely because I had just, you know, as you're stocking hot right now, seen some hats that I really liked. And one of them was from the Year of Hats collection by Kelborn Woolens. And these are 12 free hat patterns by various designers who are affiliated with Kelborn Woolens. And they're all used or knit using the Germantown Worsted by Kelborn Woolens, which is 100% North American wool. And assumably they could be knit in any worsted weight, obviously. Mm -hmm. And the one that had caught my eye was the October hat. But then when I clicked on it and went down the rabbit hole of the <laughs> other hats of the month yes, this year, as it's we like, do. Oh, they are so cute. They have a oh. color work. They have many with cables. They have one that's more like a beret with baubles. Isn't that fun, discovering something new that's yes. been out there that you've just never seen before? Yeah, well, I've <laughs> noticed them in Hot Right Now, but I wasn't paying attention to hats. So yeah. just like, oh, that's a cute hat as mm -hmm. you scan past it. But the October hat really caught my eye. And then once I started looking at all of them, I realized my favorite of the collection so far is called the June hat. It has a ribbed brim and then it goes into stripes, but you have a slipped stitch that creates a horizontal stripe. No, a vertical stripe against the horizontal stripe. So their samples were knit, I think in black and white and maybe gold and white. And they're just really cool because the contrast color goes all the way up the sides of the hat and then joins at the top in the crown. Really, really cute hat. Nice. So I plan to knit at least one of those for the Namie hat drive. And then their February hat was also really, really pretty. It had a folded brim and it has a lot of texture and stripes, but the stripes, it's all one color yarn. It's a solid color yarn, but it looks like stripes because of the various textures that they use. So it was just very nice, very unisex. It could go for any gender and it was just a really nice looking hat. And I would say the majority of the hats in their collection so far have been unisex. I mean, they're, they could be worn by anyone, mm -hmm. which I really liked. And again, they're all free. So check nice. that out, Year of Hats. And then some other free hats that have been in my queue for a really long time. I went through my queue and thought, okay, I have at least 20 hat patterns in my queue because I see a good one that I want to do for charity. I put it into my queue and then do I ever knit it? Well, <laughs> sometimes I don't. So there are three that I printed out to knit. The first one is the Antler Hat by Tin Can Knits. Oh, yes. Very famous pattern. I famous, love that very one. well known pattern. <laughs> they also have the Antler Sweater and they have most of their patterns are from infant to adult. So they have a lot of sizes to choose from. And this one has sections of cable that travel from the brim up to the crown of the hat. Really pretty hat. Again, unisex, free, worsted weight yarn, so it's not a huge commitment and very cablicious. The next one that was in my queue that I printed out is the Angel Hat by Kay Jones. This one is Aran weight and it has a really nice textured pattern to it. So it alternates, I think, between like knit pearl, for a row, then knit for a row, then purl for a row or something like that. So you get this really nice, almost waffly like texture and knit in Aran weight. That's going to go really quickly. Mm -hmm. So that's the first one I printed and I have yarn and needles all set out to cast that on today. And then the third one is Nadia's hat by Nadia Kretin Lachen. And it's another worsted hat. And this one is completely bare bones. It has a folded brim and then it's just stockinette. So you don't have to think, you don't have to pay attention, you just knit, which is very pleasant knitting for me a lot of the time. So perfect hat knitting for conference calls, meetings, whatever. So Nadia's hat is on the list too. So I'll let you know how it goes as I start knitting up these hats, but free patterns are always great and I'm looking forward to them. We would like to thank our sponsor for the month of October, Fix-A-Stitch. Ever face the tedious task of having to drop down and correct a mistake in your knitting? The Fix-A-Stitch is here to help. It's a double-ended tool that uses a patented method to change stitches from knit to purl or purl to knit quick and easy. Check our website for great tutorials and other ways to use it. The tool comes in a package of three for light, medium, and bulky weights. A lace weight tool is sold separately. Fix-A-Stitch is available at local yarn shops around the country. More information is available at www.fixastitch.com.
fixastitch.com. Thank you, Fix a Stitch. And we have some more of those to give away for the self-indulgent knit along. Yes. So they were very so. generous and donated some for Colors of Fall and for self-indulgent knit along. So what have you been knitting? In my hands, I have started another Jessica Jones cowl. This is a pattern that you all have heard about before, written by Smine. It is a linen stitch one or two fingering weight skein cowl. And the linen stitch is just alternating knit pearl, knit pearl, and it's knit over an odd number. So when you go to the next row, you just keep going and it alternates stitches perfectly that way. In fact, I don't even have a beginning of round marker in here because you don't need yeah, one either, because yeah. you just keep going around and around alternating knit pearl knit pearl and the linen stitch creates a cowl that looks woven it's very cool effect yep i agree it works really good on yarns multicolored yarns as well the yarn i am using is a actually a mostly solid yarn it's a very pale icy blue called solitary from western sky knits and it's their merino 17 which you've heard me rave about before because it's lovely and soft the fingering weight is a two ply and it's squishy and soft and i am knitting it on a fairly large needle i think i think i'm knitting a 4.25 millimeter which is fairly large, I think, for me, for fingering weight. But the fabric is coming out quite nice. Mm -hmm. I have often knit this cowl on smaller needles because I've used yarn that looks thinner. But this one is so... <laughs> Nani likes it. Yes, this one is so soft and squishy that it works well on a larger needle. So that is the Jessica Jones Cowl by Smanet. The second thing I am knitting is the Cedar Pullover by Hohi Locatelli. And this pattern is the reason that I was joking that I can't stop knitting sweaters long enough to knit something else because this sweater came out and it... Q jacked my cue. It jumped onto Q jacked your knitting life. Yes, it jumped onto my needles. And the reason that I wanted to knit it right away is because I had just finished something else that was a little more complicated. And I wanted something that was easy and quick. And I could tell this project would fulfill those requirements. And I was very, very pleased to find out <laughs> that, yes, it's very quick and very simple. And right now I am three days into this top-down project. And I have already knit a couple of inches past the armholes. It's remarkable. It's it is flying off of Pretty her amazing because it is flying off the needles. And this one is knit in two strands of fingering weight held together, which is the way that Hohi did hers. So the equivalent is about a worsted weight, I think. I believe it's 19 stitches to the inch. So if you only wanted to use one strand, some kind of yarn that would yield 19 stitches to four inches. I'm sorry. I might have said 19 stitches to the inch. Oh, that would Incorrectly. Be that would be a lot. But it's 19 stitches to four inches. And so I decided to try two strands of the Holstgarn Coast. I got the required gauge. gauge and am knitting away. And it's so fast. So yes, <laughs> it is larger than fingering weight, which is part of the reason why it's so fast. But also, I think we talked about this before, there's something about circular yokes that for some reason it just goes faster Very quickly, yeah. than increasing 
a long raglan shaping. I'm not sure why, because the stitch count should remain fairly consistent. You know, it should be about the same number of stitches, whether you're increasing one way or the other. I think with a circular yoke, you have those set points where I go from this many stitches, now I'm doing an increased row. So now I have more stitches and now I suddenly have more. And now I suddenly have more except versus the tedium of a raglan where every (laughs) other round you're adding eight stitches. So maybe that's why. I think there's just more rows where you can just fly, knit in the Mm -hmm. round and fly. So yeah, it's, it's gone very fast. I have knit, it looks like three or maybe almost four yeah, inches like past four, to, four inches the, to me past the armhole where you put the armhole stitches onto scrap yarn i've finished one skein of my yarn and so i'm at the point where i think i will do the sleeves next and then go back and finish the body once i know exactly how much yarn i have and i'll need to figure out how long yeah. I want to make the sleeves. I have not decided yet. I believe the pattern is written with long sleeves, but I may go three-quarter sleeves. We'll see. So that is the Cedar Pullover by Hohilo Catelli. What are you knitting? I also had two patterns jump up out of nowhere and tell me <laughs> they had to be knit right now, which is such an exciting feeling. And they are not new patterns at all. One of them is the Blue Sand Cardi by La Maison Rio, and this is a pattern that's been out for many years, and I've admired it from afar. Mm-hmm. It is a top-down. There are two construction methods available. One oh. is contiguous, and one is a raglan that's a saddle raglan variant, which was interesting. And top-down, it has three stripes in two different contrasting colors. And then towards the end, you go to a textured stitch and have pockets, which are fabulous. And then at the end, you pick up stitches all the way around and do a finish to it. Hmm. So I've admired it many times, but it takes a lot of yardage. And a DK weight sweater is pretty warm for our area. And I just never had enough stash and I didn't want to acquire that many (laughs) yards of DK weight or worsted weight yarn. So I never seriously considered knitting it. But for some reason, I don't even know what inspired this. I was sitting down the other night looking at Ravelry and thought, oh, I should take a look at Blue Sands again. I have no idea why I did it. (laughs) And thought, oh my gosh, DK weight. I could hold lace held doubled or fingering held doubled with silk mohair and knit that sweater. And it wouldn't be too heavy and it probably wouldn't be too hot to wear. And so my brain starts spinning what's in my stash and Mike was asleep, so I couldn't go raid my stash. But (laughs) mentally I'm like, oh, I think I can do this. I could do navy and I could do it with pink. And what's my third color going to be? And I was all excited. And I, (laughs) the next morning I had all my yarn out and I was sending pictures to Charlene and our friend Carol were my color consultants and they're like, and so we were all at the swift stitch one of those days knitting while Charlene was working and I brought them all in and I had navy blue, pink and gray. And they were like, the gray is too similar to the blue. You need a different color. Well, I happened to have some creamy color at home too, which worked perfectly. So I'm knitting this sweater in navy blue. It's Neighborhood Fiber Company Masonette, which is their discontinued lace that makes me want to cry, that's discontinued. And I'm holding that doubled with Madeline Tosh's silk mohair lace that's called Impression. And I'm using their colorway called Arctic. So it's beautiful blue. The mohair silk makes it almost glow. And the Masonette has silk in it also. So it's just this shimmery, glowy, beautiful blue. And I'm striping that with pink. I'm using Verb for Keeping Warm's Reliquary 2 and the Macaroon pink colorway, which I used for my Divi poncho, held doubled with Dragonfly Fibers Fairy, which is their Kid Silk Mohair. Kid Silk Mohair. Silk Mohair. Yes. I'm putting different, <laughs> different yarn names together here. You'll hear why in Kid a second. Kid Silk. 
Haze yes, and then is they- a brand name. And then Mohair Silk is yes, the generic is the, yarn. There you go. <laughs> and the colorway I'm using from them is called Springtime in Washington. And it's pink with little hints of brown. So it's supposed to look like the cherry blossoms. And then I'm, so I'm going to use the pink for two of the contrasting stripes. And then the other contrasting stripe, I'm using Madeline Tosh Lace in the colorway Antique Lace, held doubled with Adria Phil Kid Seta, which is silk mohair in a cream color. So it's navy, a beautiful, totally me pink and cream. And it looks so pretty. I swatched (laughs) it and I was so excited. It was so pretty. And I cast on, you start with one of the contrasting colors. So I started with pink. Now I'm in navy and I'm just about to separate for the sleeves and I have to count stitches, and then I got bit by the second pattern that's overtaken my life. No idea where this came from, you guys. Just all of a sudden, I was thinking, hmm, I really want to knit this particular skein of yarn that's in my stash, and it's Jen Sheelan's Fuzzy Embrace, I think is the, the name of her base, in her colorway Claire, which is navy blue. You see a theme here, the navy blue. And it has mixed in burgundies. It's, it goes from like a lightish purple to a deep purpley burgundy. Browns, and they go from a very light brown to a dark brown. And there are these hints occasionally of teal and blue, the navy blue that goes from light blue to dark navy blue. And I've wanted to knit the skein forever. And every time I try to knit it, it just doesn't work with the other colors that I pick. But I pulled some other stat or skeins out of my stash, all single skeins, all from stash, both of these projects, and pulled a skein out that's by the Dyer Knitted Wit. It is her, what is the name of the base? I think it's just sock, in her Distraction Waffles colorway, which is gold primarily, a yellowy gold. Gold, cream maroon pink yeah so it's tonally maroon and gold with splashes not quite speckles but splashes of purple and maroon and these two skeins next to each other are just so pretty they are they (laughs) really are okay how what am i going to knit where i can incorporate these two skeins and oh yeah i have some leftover plain navy not plain but you know um solid navy by Greenwood Fibers. It's her Yakety Yak base in the colorway Blue Eyes Navy. I knit a friend a hat, and this is a leftover of that. And then I was trying to find the fourth color, and I pulled out a skein of Magpie Fibers that's been in my stash for a while in the colorway Tupelo Honey, which is a beautiful gold. And Slow Curves by Hohi Locatelli <laughs> is on my needles and is about two thirds of the way finished. And the blending of these colors makes me so happy. Yeah. So I started. It's so pretty and it's so not something I would normally pick, which makes me (laughs) just giddy. It's the dark navy blending into the Claire colorway, which is navies and burgundies and browns and little bits of green into the distraction waffles, which is the cream gold with speckles. And then it's going to be a solid gold at the end. And This all started because I wanted a shawl with fringe. I've been talking about this for how many Mm -hmm. months? So I just decided I really needed a shawl with fringe, and that's how the the skeins came out of my stash, (laughs) which turned into slow curves. Slow curves does not have fringe on it, but I thought there should be enough left of each color that I should be able to fringe it up. You can fringe any shawl. (laughs) I was looking at the fringe shawls, and I thought, these just aren't what I'm in the mood to knit. And then I thought... I don't have to look for a shawl that already has can, fringe. I can have fringed anything can, I want. You can fringe any exactly. Exactly. So slow curves jumped onto my needles, and I'm over the moon excited with how pretty the colors are. I just hope that I will wear it once the gold is added because that's not really a color that I normally gravitate toward. But our friend Kat, who we just visited with last night, mm-hmm. was enamored with these colors too. So if I don't wear this, <laughs> it'll go to Kat. I just don't know about the fringe with Kat. I don't know either. So, well, she doesn't like the fringe. We can cut it off. Yeah. So there's always that option. That's true. So the two things that I'm knitting are Slow Curves by Hohi Locatelli and Blue Sand Cardigan by Le Maison Rio. And the super simple summer sweater is still on my needles, but I've completely ignored it since all this (laughs) other stuff decided it had to be knit now. And I ripped 
the ashes wrap. You did. I did. And okay. we're going to discuss why <laughs> in just a second. Okay, so now we have What Have I Finished brought to you by Charlene. <laughs> I've finished two things. My fourth perfect reversible watch cap, which is a free pattern by Nancy Elizabeth Monroe. I have called this the perfect ribbed cap and I really enjoy knitting it. It's a fingering weight pattern so it may not be something that everybody enjoys but I happen to have a lot of leftover fingering weight so this one came out amazing. So this one is pretty. actually knit in a color that came from someone else and it is a green it's a gray with green speckles somewhat lime green they start and then they go all the way through a middle green to a really dark dark evergreen it's beautiful and it's amazing i believe it's a dragonfly fibers yarn and i'm not even sure what colorway i should have looked it up but i have to say for a color that i would not pick for myself the hat came out beautiful and I loved knitting it. And likewise, how you said you were really enjoying knitting something that's not in your usual mm -hmm. color sensibility that you would normally knit. I really enjoyed knitting this one as well. Isn't it nice to look down at your knitting and have it be like, oh, wow, look at that. This is surprising. Yeah. yeah. And I, I love the way it came out. And the hat is not going to be for me. This is going to be one of the hats that goes along with our charitable contributions, probably to NAMI or other organizations. But yes, I really enjoyed it. So my fourth one. See, that's the joy also of getting other people's leftovers. Well, one, sometimes it's not yeah. a joy because then it's just more scraps that you feel <laughs> obligated to knit. But then but you get two, to try exactly. things. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm really enjoying that. And gosh, I love the way that came out. And I do have a picture of that up on Ravelry. So go have a look. It's gorgeous. Second thing that I have finished is, oh, so wonderful. Ah, it's a I'm big one. It's very exciting. It to squish it and hold it. It is my Evening Dew Cardigan, which is a pattern written by the designer Ririko. I have long, long admired many of her designs, and it just took me a long time to get around to knitting it, but I have knit it, and I'm so excited to have a sweater designed by Ririko. I Love it. It's love very, it. Love very it. Fluffy love and it. Pretty. This pattern I knit with one skein of a lace weight from Neighborhood Fiber Company. Masonette. They're Masonette, which is a now discontinued <laughs> silk lace weight. And I knit it with Crying. one strand of silk mohair from Western Sky Knits. So very, very light weight yarns knit together and they feel so light and wonderful. And this sweater is fluffy from the silk mohair. It's light in weight, light in mass is what I mean. And just love it. Just love it. I thought the sweater would be a little bit of a slog because there is an all-over texture. It is a drop-shouldered cardigan. And I haven't, well, I shouldn't say I haven't knit a cardigan in a while because I did knit May Pop, but I've been knitting a lot of pullovers lately. Mm -hmm. So I was worried that this would be a bit of a slog because the all-over texture. But once I had knit a couple of repeats of the texture, I realized, oh, this is just twisted stitches. It decreases each round, the number of stitches that are twisting. I got it into my brain and I didn't need to use the chart at all, Excellent. which was wonderful. Yeah. That made it much less of a slog for me, <laughs> not having to look at the chart and the specific 
directional twists, that kind of thing. I was able to knit my twisted stitches without a cable needle, which I enjoy doing. I don't enjoy knitting with a cable needle as much. I do feel that slows me down. And the added benefit of knitting a sweater with twists when you have mohair in the mix is that your yarn really doesn't go anywhere. You can, when you knit twists or cables without a cable needle, you do have to let your stitches go and you have to trust that they're going to be there when you come back. Yeah. When I And when I say that, it's not like you're leaving them hanging there and knitting a rest of the row. You're just switching stitches, switching position of stitches on your needle. So with the mohair silk, your yarn is very sticky and it really doesn't go anywhere. So that was very nice and it was a feature of the yarn that enabled me to knit it that way without using a cable needle with ease. So I really enjoyed this and really enjoyed it. I have to make an observation that you guys cannot make because you're listening and not viewing. (laughs) Last night we visited with a friend and Charlene was wearing one of her sweaters that matched her watch band (laughs) and her phone case perfectly, like the same exact shade. Evening dew is very close. To matching, put your watch band next to it. The watch band was even more yeah. striking in similar colorways. So Charlene definitely has a color. I have a color. I like more what than, I like. More than one color, but <laughs> this is the one that lately... I like what I is, like. Yeah, at yes. the top of your like list. Yes. So I will definitely be looking into knitting other patterns by Ririko. I found the pattern to be very well written, very well written, very clear. I I would definitely knit others. And though I was not officially participating in the BIPOC KAL, and there's another one which is called my Rhine BIPOC sweater, K-A-L. I didn't post anything for either of those, but I think I will consider this my entry into those, my unofficial entry into those um, knit-alongs, and I will post it on Instagram a little bit late. If it wasn't 90 plus degrees outside, I'd say, let's go take some pictures when we're done, but probably not the best day for that. Exactly. So I really enjoyed knitting my Evening Dew cardigan by Rurika. Yay! And Gail, you have not finished anything. So we will be moving along. Nothing to see here. Yes, exactly. (laughs) So today, Gail and I want to talk about perfectionism. Drum roll, please. (laughs) I'm a type A perfectionist all the way in most of my life. And what is perfectionism? That is when you really need and try to get your project perfect. And does your project really need to be perfect? I don't know. It depends. Perfection is a moving target, really, (laughs) is kind of the way I say it. What is perfect for one person may not be perfect for another. For example, do you have to match your socks exactly if they're striped or if they're multicolored? Some people do. Some people don't. Yeah, could you have fraternal twin socks? Or is that something that you cannot do? Cannot do. And... Like I said, perfection is a moving target. So for some people, myself included, I could have two socks that look similar, don't have to match perfectly. And for me, that's perfect. I figure if you're looking at my feet that closely, (laughs) if you're going to criticize my socks, well, all right. But But there are some people that really need to have their toe start on the aqua stripe, for example, if the other toe started on the aqua stripe, and then they have to have the stripes line up. And for them, that's perfect. That's important. Yeah, Yeah, that matters to us. Not so much. So perfectionism is a moving target, or I, I guess I should say perfection is a moving target for different knitters. 
and different projects. We were when we were talking about this as a potential feature for the podcast. I said perfectionism varies for me from project to project. Mm-hmm. If I'm knitting someone a gift, I'm going to make it as perfect as I possibly can. True. Yeah. If it's something for myself, not so much. Not so much. Yeah. Yes. And our friend Cindy has a term called the galloper. Is <laughs> can you see that mistake as you're galloping by on a horse? If you can, well then maybe you want to fix it. And if you can't, well then who cares? Or is a non-knitter ever going to notice this mistake? Both those give you a lot of leeway. They do. Absolutely. <laughs> and also where on the object is the mistake? Mm-hmm. Is it That's in a, a place point. where it's super visible? Or is it in a place like under the arm where probably nobody's going to notice it? So different levels for me of perfectionism, depending on what I'm knitting, who it's for, and what it is. And then you have the variant of perfection when it comes to a garment that has to fit. That's a whole different subject. Fitted items. You have to be more perfection oriented because if you don't pay attention, you're going to end up with a garment that doesn't fit that leaves you unsatisfied and unhappy. So we've talked about gauge and things like that before, of course, and how important that is for fitted garments. But if it's not a garment, my level of perfectionism varies a lot. Yeah. So. And then you mentioned what the item is for will change your expectation Mm -hmm. of perfection. And another scenario, I do knit judging. And if you are going to enter your knitted item into anything that is going to be judged, obviously your level of perfection should be much higher than probably your everyday level of perfection. Because if you're going to be judged, of course, you want to make sure that you've woven in all those ends perfectly, that you've made your join in the round perfectly. Those are the kind of things that get looked at when your knitting is being judged, but perhaps not so much when you're knitting something for yourself. And I'm trying not to laugh because being judged has some various interpretations. Yes. Um, so when I knit for my granddaughter, Olivia, the items are going to be loved by my daughter, Alex, who is very close with my ex-husband's family who are very judgmental. <laughs> so I want to make sure every single hand knit Olivia is going to be wearing is as perfect as possible because they all think that I'm amazing. Like, oh, we could never knit. They're all seamstresses and they sew amazing things, which I can't do. And they think, Gail is an amazing knitter. How does she do this? And I'm sitting here going, if they only knew, you know, it's really not that hard. Sewing's the hard thing. So, you know, when it's when it's being judged by people, it could just be judgmental people and not an actual competition. Well, that's interesting that you say that because they're sitting there thinking the exact opposite, that sewing's not that hard. Sewing's real easy. Knitting's the hard thing. So It's funny. We're all artists in our own crafts. Exactly. Exactly. I like that. That's a good story. Yep. So other things that I was thinking of in terms of perfection also depends on what type of fabric you're knitting and what so cables for example if you're knitting something with cables and you accidentally reverse the cable direction like it was supposed to left twist and you accidentally did a right twist some people are going to be really annoyed by that so they're going to want to fix it (laughs) and i learned thankfully i learned a long time ago that you can drop down on stitches to reverse a cable to make it twist the correct direction instead of ripping back your knitting. If, because often you don't realize that you've twisted a cable in the wrong direction until it's like four inches down in your knitting. And then you look correct. and go, oh no, my gosh, I have to rip back four inches. Well, no, you don't. You can actually ladder down, reverse the twist. It's not easy, but if you're paying attention, it's totally doable. There are lots of tutorials on the internet, especially very pink and knitting help both have really good ones for how to fix your knitting. So in the case of the cable, a lot of people will go through the trouble to fix it. One instance, I did not fix my gilet cardigan, which has lots of cables in it. I never noticed that I had a reversed cable twist. 
the project was finished. I put finished object pictures on Ravelry and a very kind listener emailed Charlene and said, I don't want to tell Gail this, but she has a reverse cable on the front of her sweater. And I looked when Charlene told me, I looked at it and I'm like, oh, well, too late now. I'm not going to unravel the sweater to fix that. But it happens. It totally happens. It happens. If you catch it in time, you can fix it. But once you've actually knit the hood and everything else on, you're probably not going to fix it. Yeah. So, yeah, that was a fun yeah. story, too. <laughs> and lace is the same way. So I mentioned earlier that I ripped Ashes, the wrap that I was working yes. on by Hohi Locatelli. Yes, now tell us why you ripped Ashes. Yeah. So when perfectionism leads to frustration, it's usually a good sign that you should set your knitting down and walk away. And Time for a time out. Definitely. And I... I think I mentioned last episode that I had started Ashes and had to rip it back, decided to rip it back on an airplane, which is a bad idea, and then recast it on and started it again. Well, I still was getting the count of the lace wrong. And it's feather and fan lace, which I've knit many times. It shouldn't be difficult. And I was using stitch markers. Well, this particular lace pattern moves one stitch to the left maybe Hmm. every row so if you have a moving lace pattern you can't really use stitch markers as easily because they have to move every other row and there were some increases and decreases at the very edges of the pattern it's just a rectangle so it shouldn't have been very hard there was no shaping or anything but i could not get the stitch count right i kept messing it up i kept i do two rows three rows everything would be great the fourth or fifth row, I'd suddenly have either three too many stitches or not enough <laughs> so stitches. So frustrating. Oh, it was driving me bonkers. Aww. So I just decided that, you know what? I don't want to knit something that's frustrating me right now. Yeah. So I ripped it out and I put the yarn aside. And maybe next time I feel like a challenge, yeah. I'll start ashes yeah. again. But lace knitting can sometimes lead some frustration if you're a perfectionist well and that is something to recognize that not every project is meant for every time you want to sit down and knit yes and i think as knitters we all recognize that there are some projects that are certainly not projects that we would knit in community when we're sitting with other knitters when we're chatting social social knitting knitting, And there are some projects that you can only knit when you're sitting at home. Mm-hmm. So I, I do think we, we all recognize that, yes. And I did want to go back and mention the dropping down. Gail had mentioned dropping down or laddering down, laddering down to fix cables. So if you've never done that before, you've knit, 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 and you have four stitches that are always involved in the cable twist so you would just undo those four stitches however many rows down and then you try to knit them back up and i have seen some really scary looking photos of people who pin their strands robbie did that with robbie did that it was intense it was very intense and i probably would not go through all that i I would just rip it out (laughs) and re-knit it but some people are very successful dropping down only the four stitches and doing something very complicated and picking them back up and getting it correct so kudos to those people who can do that yeah with the patience and perseverance and on the subject, again, of lace knitting, sometimes lace knitting is super easy to fix. Like if you see your one or two stitches off, sometimes you can just throw in an extra yarn over or throw in an extra knit two together and quickly recover. But sometimes, especially... Depends on the pattern. Depends on the pattern. Yeah. And it depends on your comfort with, one, lace knitting, and two, reading a pattern yeah. to know if you can get away with doing that or not. But... One thing I learned a long time ago with lace is to use lifelines. And we've Mm -hmm. talked about this on the podcast before, but it bears repeating. Absolutely. A lifeline is basically you can use dental floss. You can use scrap yarn. You can use a cable needle, not a cable needle, a cable 
from an interchangeable needle. All you do is when you start a round of a lace repeat, let's say it's an eight row repeat, on row one, you take a tapestry needle with the dental floss or scrap yarn or whatever attached, and you run that through every stitch that's on your needle so that you're left with this piece of scrap yarn in that row. So that means that if you have a mistake in the eight row pattern, you can easily rip back to the first row because that anchor scrap yarn, when you rip back, it'll stop there because you have scrap yarn in the way. So then you can easily put those stitches back on a needle and start again. So a lifeline is really helpful, one for lace knitting and two for color work because color work, you can make mistakes also that if you get off just the wrong way on a color repeat, you can continue that mistake and then all of a sudden everything's wonky. So lifelines can be used for color work knitting also, but it's worth the two minutes it takes to put a lifeline in to know that you can rip back to that point if you want. So then every time you start the lace eight row repeat again, for that example, you put in another lifeline at that row one. So you can always rip back to the row one. So lifelines are super useful if you're a perfectionist and want your lace to be absolutely perfect. So does your need for perfection hold you back from some types of projects or some kinds of knitting? For example, do you feel like you can't knit sweaters or you can't knit color work because of the fear of failure of being, of your project not being perfect? So that's a question. And if you want to challenge yourself to try something new, then you kind of have to get over that mm-hmm. fear a little bit. If you don't want to challenge yourself to something new, that's fine too. But sometimes you, there's that little bit of a hump that you know you need to get over to try something new and you have to let go sometimes of the fear of it not being perfect. And like Gail mentioned, it's the when your need for perfection leads to frustration that mm, you can give it up. But if you're up for the challenge and if you're up for trying something new, think about it in terms of is your need for perfection holding you back from trying something new? (laughs) Another way of thinking of, not another way of thinking of it, but another element to consider is what else is going on in your life? So for me, the more things that are going on in my life, the more I need my knitting to be soothing. Yes. And if life is... Very true. Yeah. And if life is boring and uneventful, well, then I might feel like a challenge and want to knit ashes again. Right now, I have enough going on in my life that I do not need my knitting to be adding any other level of stress. So I just want garter stitch or (laughs) net stitch with pretty colors and yarn that feels good in my hands. That's exactly what my cedar pullover is for me. Yep. Straight stocking it in the round, super fast, zoom, zoom. (laughs) Just remember, it's always supposed to bring you joy. Yes, And not stress. And sometimes knitting does cause stress, but it should be minimal Mm -hmm. and manageable and if it's too manageable set it down yeah and pick up something easy manageable that's what because if you enjoy a challenge that's manageable yeah absolutely yeah if you're up for a challenge take it on (laughs) (laughs) so i think that's all we have to say about perfection and perfectionism right now if you would like to add a comment please join us in our ravelry group for the episode and let us know what you think. All right. And happy knitting. I hope that your perfectionism isn't leading to frustration right now. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Happy knitting, everyone. Happy knitting. Bye-bye. You can find our podcast on iTunes at Yarniacs Podcast. Visit our blog with show notes at yarniacs.com. We have a friendly and engaging Yarniacs Podcast Ravelry group. My Ravelry name is Knitter Ninja Shar. Gail's is Gaily Whaley. You can follow us on Twitter at Yarniacs or on Instagram at Yarniac and at Gaily Whaley.